half of all Dutch higher education institutions have an agreement with a Mexican institution. So there's a lot of traffic going on either way, actually, on exchange students. And furthermore, we are also helping Dutch students to find an internship in Mexico. You are listening to Our People Abroad, Nuffix podcast series in which journalist Mike Cooper interviews the directors and chief representatives of the 10 NESOs, Netherlands Education Support Offices, around the world. The directors talk to Mike about their lives overseas and their work for the Dutch higher education sector. The Netherlands Education Support Offices are located in countries that are strategically important for Dutch higher education. Brazil... China, India, Indonesia, Mexico, Russia, South Africa, South Korea, Turkey and Vietnam. They were set up with funding from the Dutch Ministry of Education, Culture and Science. Mid-2019, we received news that, much to our regret, we will need to scale back our overseas activities. This change is a consequence of the proposed decision by the Dutch Ministry of Education, Culture and Science to significantly reduce the subsidy provided to NUFIC. However, the offices will remain fully operational until the end of 2021. Hi, I'm Mike Cooper, and on behalf of NAFIC, I'm interviewing their people abroad. In this sixth edition of our podcast, I'm speaking to Sander Verkijk, Chief Representative Officer of NESO Mexico in Mexico City. Sander Verkijk is one of the pioneers of the NESOs. He has been involved in the Mexico office since 2006. His love for Latin America was founded in Ecuador during an exchange program. The next step was an internship for his bachelor's degree in international business and languages at an agricultural company in Mexico. He then happily accepted a job there after graduation. Although he has been living in Mexico for 15 years, his connection with the Netherlands has never been lost. This is a job in which he can create liaisons between Dutch and Mexican culture, which has become the story of his own life. Welcome, Sander. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Um, you've brought along a little sound bite, I gather, for us to listen to, as is now the traditional opening of Our People Abroad. Uh, perhaps you could play it for us, and then we can talk about it once we've heard it. I hope you like it. <laughs> That sounded very interesting, Somber. Um, I don't know whether that was humans under the influence of too much tequila, or they didn't sound very musical, but could you explain what we're listening to there? Actually, I think that every person who visits Mexico City will remember this sound. Okay. Because this is an organ, like uh, in the Netherlands, we have the dry orgels. Right. Over here in Mexico, we have... Also, these kind of organs on different spots in the city center. Right. And they're not like in the Netherlands where it's all automated. No, it's just a guy 
running the wheel and doing it by hand, which means that sometimes it's a bit faster, the, the pace, and sometimes a bit slower. Uh-huh. And the interesting thing is that it's also, um, it's really a mix of European and Mexican culture because these organs were brought to Mexico over 100 years ago by the, the president that was there before the Mexican Revolution. Oh, right. And I think he forgot to bring the, the guys to tune the organs. <laughs> so that's why it's sometimes a bit difficult to recognize the songs they are playing. Yes. But yeah, it's, it's really a very typical thing for Mexico City. Oh, that's nice. Um, it, it's certainly uh, something I've never heard before. <laughs> um, could you introduce us a little bit to Mexico, the people and the country? Yeah, sure. Because Mexico... It's an enormous country. I mean, um, there are maps in which you see all countries of the European Union placed somewhere in Mexican territory. It's, it's enormous. Right. Uh, there are 126 million people living there. And the people from the north, they don't look at all like the people from the south. On this, in the south, you have the, the Maya culture and the people, they look like the typical Mexicans. Uh, that sometimes right. comes up in your mind. While on the other hand, in the people in the north, they're taller and their skin is lighter. They have a different way of uh, speaking as well. Right. So it's, it's a huge country with a lot of diversity. Yeah. And the heart of it, of course, is Mexico City because Mexico City alone is already like 25, 26 million people. No one knows exactly how many people. 26 million people. That's, that's 10 million more than in the, in the Netherlands, exactly. just about. Exactly. Yeah, in one city. And you fly in and all you see is city, city, city. You just like half an hour, you're flying over the city before you yeah, find Phenomenal. It's enormous. Uh, what is the, uh, the attraction for Mexico City for you? What made you stay there? Well, actually, I I fell in love with Latin American culture in general when I was doing an exchange in Ecuador. Right. So when I was back in the Netherlands, I was like, okay, whatever I'm going to do next is going to be on that side of the ocean. Right. From, you had already decided at that point. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, from Tijuana to Patagonia and uh, Argentina, somewhere over there, there must be an opportunity for me. And when I arrived in Mexico City to do an internship, I, I planned to stay seven months. That right. Was, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Went on a bit that's longer. That's the story of my life. Yeah. I planned for seven months and it's already been 15 years. Now, I, I immediately felt at home because the people are so welcoming. That, right. That's something that I experienced also comparing to other Latin American countries, that people in Mexico are really, really friendly, really welcoming. Right. There's always an extra plate at the table for you. And that's something that really affected me so much that I was like, you know, I, I can live here <laughs> without right. any problems. Yeah, so you were instantly felt welcomed yeah. and you were already in love with Latin America yeah. from, a, from, a, from the very beginning. Can you, can you explain what, what struck that spark? Why did you instantly know that you had to go back? Probably because it's quite opposite to Dutch culture. <laughs> ah, Interesting. <laughs> In many, many aspects, uh, the cultures and the people are quite opposite in the way they work, the way they act, the way they think, the way they talk, um, which sometimes is very nice and a warm bath, and other times it can be very difficult. Right. So it can be challenging and different. Absolutely. But that's the thing which I, I like that. In my opinion, most people are looking for something like opposite. Uh, for example... Many Mexican people have asked me, do you have a sister, a niece, or whatever blonde, tall <laughs> woman that, can, that you can bring over to Mexico for me? That's, my Mexican friends ask me that. And, well, 
I must say I am married, happily married, to a Mexican woman, 155. I'm 188, so I'm huge over there in Mexico. And she's really, really Mexican. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think looking for the contrary is also in human nature, like this this interest yeah. for new so things. So opposites attract. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, opposites and how attract. you were also became attracted to that part of the world. Yeah. Um, what made you apply for the job at uh, Neso Mexico back then? Yeah, it was a long time ago, actually. Uh, I was living in Mexico, working for this this company in the, in the food industry. Right. And via via, I heard that Nuffik was interested in opening an office in Mexico City. They were already planning. They had a director, but they didn't have the staff yet. They didn't have the location yet. But I was like, hey, this sounds interesting because I know what it is to study abroad. I know what the experience, what a life-changing experience is. It is to live abroad, to study abroad, to learn from other cultures. Mm. So I was like, if I can help people living the same experience, that would be really, really great. And if I can help Mexican students to live such an experience in the Netherlands, of course, I would love to do that. So I started applying through all channels I could find, so through the embassy, through Nuffolk directly. And as such, uh, in August 2006, when when we started the project, we hadn't we didn't have an office space yet. We met at a restaurant. We met at universities at the director's <laughs> home. It was like freestyle. Completely freestyle on our own laptop. We didn't have anything, but we were starting to work on promoting the Netherlands as a study destination because that, in that time that was the main focus. Actually. Right nowadays, it's more reciprocal, right? Both it's, way traffic, two way yeah, traffic. Yeah, I mean in in 13 years of time, I've seen many changes, of course, uh, politically. I've seen changes also within the the, the necess- necessities from the Dutch institutions. So yeah, we are doing a different job right now than in 2006. Right, you were in restaurants with a laptop. That's exactly like really cool, like frontline startup. <laughs> yeah. And it was really fun. So seeing the birth of such an office in Mexico was really, really fun to to experience for me. Yeah, fascinating. Our view of the country of Mexico is a little bit colored by, you know, heavy news headlines, um, bad TV series and and, and sombreros. And that's about all we know, a bit of mariachi music. And and my knowledge of the country Mm -hmm. certainly is limited to that. Um, Could you explain a little bit about uh, the country in terms of safety and lifestyle it, it, it feels to us like unsafe country mm-hmm. um, what do you like about living there and and is it indeed an unsafe place mm, it is an unsafe place if you're with the wrong people in the wrong neighborhoods but I think that's like the same way in every big city or every country right I mean I wouldn't walk down some parts of New York City at three o'clock in the morning either no quite in general, if you are living in Mexico and you are living a normal life, you don't get involved with these these cartels and these gangs and everything. There is not an increased risk, actually. Right. Because, yes, there has been a lot of violence, but it's violence within the cartels and within the, the different drug organizations. Right. And that's what... What really makes it difficult uh, to report about because, of course, those are news items. Yes. 
the fact that you can lead a quiet life in Mexico City isn't a news item. Right, it's not... Uh, it's not, it's it's not it's sexy to talk about, yeah, you can live in Mexico and nothing will happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. A very good point, very good point. So, but, but, but you yourself don't feel threatened in any way. You have a perfectly, perfectly normal life. Then. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the part where I live is a good uh, part of town. It's not the, the most expensive t- part of town where all expats live. No, I live in a normal uh, Mexican neighborhood. Uh, I go by bike to my office. I mean, I'm Very still Dutch. I'm still Dutch. Cool. Um, the office is also in a in a safe part of town, and actually, most parts are safe. And the places where it isn't safe, you just don't go there. You just don't go there. That's, yeah, that, that's easy. Yeah. And yeah, I think the per, the perception that's that's the main issue. There's an image problem with Mexico. You're absolutely right with that because of series on Netflix and these kinds of things. Right. But that doesn't really reflect uh, daily life. That is, as such, I mean, I've been living there for 15 years. Yeah. I've been uh, murked one time. Right. And I've be, lost my wallet in the metro one time. Right. In 15 years' time. Well, actually, the same happened in Amsterdam once. So Exactly. <laughs> so as you could be anywhere, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. What do you like specifically about living in Mexico? What, 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 uh, where, where do you get your, your buzz from living in Mexico City? The diversity and the people. Absolutely the people. I mean, Mexico City is a 24-hour city. You can do many, many things. You can find the busiest places and a quiet park. You can find the dangerous places and you can find safe places. Everything is there. Right. You have restaurants, you have hotels, you have uh, museums, you have parks. You, you never have to be bored in Mexico City. And the people are the ones that really make life great. Right. When I'm back in the Netherlands, it always strikes me that at five o'clock, the streets are silent. There are no people. Yeah, only people going home as fast as possible. Yeah. Whereas in Mexico, there's more street culture. Then at night, you don't feel like cooking. You go for, for some tacos. Yeah, yeah. And then you meet people again from the block. You talk to each other, to your neighbors. Yeah. In, in a very yeah, natural way, actually. Right. And I like that that yeah, sense of belonging to 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 such a society where you're not only individuals but also a collective thing. And that's that's really Mexico, I think. Yeah. So it sounds like you're you're fully ingeburgerd uh, 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 to oh, use yeah. a Dutch word. <laughs> uh, your your citizenship is more. It feels more like you're at home in Mexico City than in the Netherlands. In fact. Tomorrow I'll fly back home. Yeah. Right, at home, yes. And yeah. we're now in the Netherlands for the listeners' benefit. Exactly. And it's raining, <laughs> uh, which it probably doesn't do so. What's the weather like in Mexico, by the Mexico way? Mexico City has a great climate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's all because it's like 2,000 meters above sea level, Right. it's always a bit not too warm, not too cold. Right now it's 20, 24 degrees Celsius. Oh, that sounds good. Rainy season is just... Uh, finishing, so we'll have uh, like six, seven months without much rain and nice temperatures. Oh, excellent. Dry heat, so it's, yeah. It's Sounds good. good to me. Um, how do Mexicans and, and Latin Americans in general view the Netherlands? Do they do they know it exists? Do they have any perception? Is there a kind of general opinion or image of the Netherlands out there? Mm, yes and no, because people who are interested... They know the Netherlands as a very sustainable country. They really think that we're ahead of other countries in Europe uh, with sustainability, with uh, clean energy, these kind of things. So that's very interesting. It's very it's seen as very innovative. 
So that's also very right. positive. Yeah. But on the other hand, most people um, know Hollanda more as a brand of ice creams in the Mexico ah. than a country. And another thing that is well known in Mexico, of course, is football because they all love, love football. Right. And the the world championship, I think, in 2014, where Ian Robben caused Did a penalty for the Netherlands. Uh, well. If I go to a taxi, uh, step into a taxi right now, they still ask me, "Do you think it was a penalty or not?" <laughs> wow! So football is always yeah, a, it's like a, a huge subject. Huge subject, but yeah. but it's really positive. They they can laugh about themselves as well and about these things. And actually, there's a good connection also on a football level between Mexico and the Netherlands with Dutch players in Mexico and Mexican players in the Netherlands. Okay, so, yeah. right. So that's a real a real. But in general, um, it's a very positive positive, positive image. View. Yeah, yeah. So what projects are you involved in at the moment at NASO Mexico? Well, every year we are involved in many, many different kinds of projects, actually. Uh, for example, this year we had a lot of alumni activities. Uh -huh. And I like that personally very much because then I get to get the feedback from people who live the experience in the Netherlands. They're back in Mexico. And what are they doing now? And how can they contribute to each other in projects? Right. For example, we had um, in April, we had a Holland Talent Fair right. in which we had, together with the Holland House in Mexico, which is like the Chamber of Commerce, Mexico, Netherlands, yep. um, Dutch companies based in Mexico who were looking for people for job vacancies. Right. And we connected them with Mexican people who studied in the Netherlands. That was a huge success. Yeah, and that's a, that's and very much uh, uh, the networking advantage of 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 Nasos and Nuffik, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because we have the network. We're physically located in between the Dutch embassy and the Holland House. It's like 20 minutes by bike to the embassy and 20 minutes the other way uh, to the Holland House. So we really like a connecting point between the government, companies, and institutions. Right. Um, furthermore, we are also planning ahead, of course, for next year, doing to a bit more with research in uh, in the Netherlands, because also because of Mexican policy, they are more interested in sending abroad people for PhD programs, for example. Right. So we're working with with Academic Transfer to see if we can organize a PhD fair next year. We're also uh, still working with the Dutch institutions to to be able uh, to enable them to really find talent in Mexico because there's a lot of talent. So next month, actually, we're talking about October uh, or November, then we'll have 10 Dutch universities, among them University of Groningen, um, the University of Wageningen. Those are big players in the Mexican market and they will come to Mexico to find new talent. Right. And we, we help them with a study in Holland fair with a European fair in which we cooperate with DAD, Campus France, the Swedish Embassy, British Council to organize really events to promote Europe as a study destination as well. Right. Is there uh, is there traffic the other way? Is there Are there initiatives within Mexico to attract Dutch students to Mexico? From Mexican side, it's really very, very little attention right. because most programs are taught in Spanish. So right. it's the, there the language barrier is quite difficult. Right. What we do see is that there are lots of universities and University of Applied Sciences that have agreements with Mexican institutions yes. for exchange. At this moment, over half of all Dutch higher education institutions have an agreement with a Mexican institution. Yeah. So there's a lot of traffic going on 
uh, either way, actually, on yeah. exchange students. And furthermore, we are also uh, helping Dutch students to find an internship in Mexico. That's interesting for me because I think the life of students is really broadened by uh, an experience abroad. Um, can you do a little commercial for us to what would you say to Dutch students to 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 explain the attractions of studying in Mexico? Of course, if you want to learn the language that has is spoken in most countries in the world, yeah, you have to learn Spanish, actually. Yeah. Then, if you want to learn good Spanish, go to Mexico. <laughs> right. Because the fact is that in Mexico, people speak uh, Spanish in a very clear way. So, even if you don't have the knowledge, the basic knowledge of Spanish, you can take like a one-month preparation course, which almost all universities in Mexico offer, especially right. to exchange students. To get involved in the language, but also in the culture, of course. Yeah. And actually, that's also talking from my own experience in Ecuador. You'll see the other side of the coin. Because, of course, if you're studying, I studied business. If you're studying business in the Netherlands, you'll hear about how great multinationals are and how great globalization is. But you're looking from a winner perspective. Uh-huh. If you go to another country, you get another perspective and another view on things. So you'll learn, actually to place yourself in a different situation and see things from the other side which is information you can use during your entire life of course yeah so you can't and you can't get that from from the netherlands what specific uh, areas of speciality are there beyond beyond the spanish language uh, within mexico which could expand the the knowledge of dutch students what are they particularly good at in mexico in academically speaking there's a lot of engineering going on. All right. That's, that's, that's very strong. Um, actually, the energy sector is very interesting in Mexico because there were huge political reforms uh, in the last few years. Right. So nowadays, they're looking more into uh, sustainable energy, for example. Uh-huh. And there are huge opportunities also combined with all the activities of Dutch companies in uh, in Mexico. Do you have a lot of links with Dutch companies yourself when I, from, from the NASO? Yeah, through the Holland House, actually, we are uh, getting more closely to the, the Dutch business community. And I think that's a very good thing to to hear what they need as well, to be able to link them to both prospective students that are still looking for an opportunity to study abroad, yep. as to alumni. Another sector which is very important in Mexico, of course, is tourism. Right. I mean, Cancun is... For some people, it's the Mecca, and for other people, it's the most horrible place on earth concerning uh, mass tourism. Uh, I'm not familiar with that myself. Could you explain what Cancun is? Cancun is an artificial city <laughs> okay. because there was a small, there's still a small town called Cancun, but there only the people living there. They all work in hospitality right. because there's the hotel zone with the beach and everything, which is all inclusive resorts fast food uh, restaurants, clubs. So it's really mass tourism for people who just want to go to, well, their version of Mexico, which is actually just yeah, a hotel. Right. So it's a little bit like what in southern Spain perhaps yeah. one could experience. It's, it's quite comparable. It's, and to me, it's, it's not the real Mexico. Right. And that, that's where the interesting part starts, that if you are looking into doing research or applied research about mass tourism, how it the the, the plus and the minus parts of, of mass tourism. Yes. That's a great example. But furthermore, if you go more to other areas, you'll find more the backpacking kind of people. Right. And the the 
undiscovered Mayan cities, for example. Right. How the, the 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 government, the Mexican government, is also putting that those on the map. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? You can discuss about it. But tourism is a very interesting sector for it because Mexico is one of the top destinations in the world for tourists. Right. Um, you mentioned uh, the alumni events that you've been having. Any other initiatives which you'd like to mention? Well, I think um, one of the interesting things what we are doing at News of Mexico is that uh, we also extend our activities a bit to Latin America in general. Oh, I see. Going over the border. Exactly. Because um, a few years ago, we were quite established in Mexico. And we have all information available in Spanish about studying in the Netherlands. Right. Well, there are many countries southern uh, of Mexico that are also speaking Spanish. Of course, there, there are regional differences in, in pronunciation, some words, but in general, they will understand you. Right. So, together with uh, some Dutch diplomatic posts in these countries, we have been doing a bit more of promotion about studying in the Netherlands, for example. Yeah. In these countries as well, opening up opportunities. And I've seen that in the last three, four, five years, more or less, there's also a bit more interest from the Dutch institutions to come to Latin America and to, to have activities over there. Right, so it's becoming, it's getting onto the Dutch radar more. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things which we, um, which we did have to do to change the heads of the Dutch institutions from the East, from Asia, I to see. other parts of, of the world. Because for many people, Latin America is still like a, a blind spot. Yeah, it's so a black box. Exactly. Yeah, which is kind of bizarre, really, isn't it, considering how, what, a, what a huge area it is. And how great the weather is. How great the weather is, how great the people are. <laughs> yeah, so the culture, How great indeed. the food is. Food. But we better not go on to that. <laughs> Let's get to, back to some more serious business. Um, very serious business, in fact. Um, we've all heard the news recently that the Dutch government is uh, intending to uh, scale back the NASOs. Um, how does that news, how has that news affected you personally? It came as a shock. Yeah, honestly, since I've been there at the birth of this office, it's, it really feels, like, uh, personally, it feels very, very strong such a decision because yeah. I think there is a huge amount of knowledge of network that we build up in these 13 years mm -hmm. and it would be such a waste if if this would disappear. I think right. it would be really, really a very, very sad situation where all the work of 13 years time would disappear. Yeah. However, <laughs> and I'm, I'm still on a positive note. Yes, good. We're still there. Yeah. We're not gone yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah mean, indeed. I think that, that's an important thing to know as well. I mean, now this proposed decision was announced. However, it's not that like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to close the door and that's it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Next year we'll still be working. We'll still be active. We're doing all activities. Yeah. And right now we are still looking into the future, what would be possible. Yeah. So, I think that's that's an important thing. We're not giving up yet. Uh, like, okay, that's it. No, we're still we still have uh, the the spirits to continue in one way or another to see what we can do. Excellent. Thanks for that response. I can see in your eyes that it is it it's a tough one. It's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, and it, it does affect me personally because I mean it's it's been me my second real job after graduation. Right. 
and I've been doing this for a long time. So I've seen the ups and downs. I've seen the the policy changing. I've seen the interest changing. I've seen the things in Mexico and in the Netherlands changing. And we've been through many, many things. Yes. And we're still here. So and And as far as I can hear from you, things are only picking up rather than uh, uh, dampening in terms of the interest from Dutch institutions exactly. in Latin America as a whole and vice versa. Exactly. I mean, the fact that we'll have soon that we'll have 10 Dutch institutions visiting Mexico for our fairs and there on the side we will help them with other arrangements for meetings with like the, the, the Mexican VSNU. Like an Sorry, VSNU? What's that? The VSNU is the uh, Dutch Association of Univer Research Universities. Right. And then we also have the, the Vereniging Hogescholen for Dutch University of Applied Sciences. Yes. In Mexico, we have their counterpart, the Anuyas, it's called. Um, so we're setting up meetings with governmental agencies, with a scholarship providers as well, for Dutch uh, institutions to be able to have a complete package, not only go to Mexico and talk to students and head back. No. No. We're doing more than that. So we want them to meet their alumni so they can listen to the voices of people who have had the experience and what are they doing now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the fact that now 10 institutions are coming to Mexico, that's a really good result. In the past, we've had, like five years ago, we were five, six, maybe yeah, seven. Yeah. So, so it's, it's increasing, it's, yeah? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's on the up. Um, well, it's good to end on, a, on that question on a positive note. Um, are there any other projects which you think, oh, that's, that's really a, and I've been using this bit of nific jargon, <laughs> so I'm going to say it again, the triple helix um, uh, uh, initiatives where you have a combination of institutions, government, and commercial parties. Do you have any examples of that in Mexico? Currently, we're not really running like a living lab like in some other countries where yeah. there really is a, a enduring project between institutions, companies and everything. But as I mentioned before, um, we're working quite closely to the embassy. We're not located within the embassy like some other offices, but we're working very closely to them and also to the Dutch uh, yeah, entrepreneurial um, sector in Mexico. Right. And that way... We currently are looking into new ways of working together and always trying to impl implement a bit of academic part in their projects. Right, so to also to introduce the commercial parties into more academic research. Exactly, to yeah. show them what the interest would be to have students for internships, for research, for applied research, because there are a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and the value, also the value for commercial companies. Yeah. Do they listen to you? Do they do they agree that there is value in those types of students, in, in academic students? Especially the Dutch community, business community, yes, of course, because they know. It's a bit more difficult when you are talking to some Mexican companies, in my opinion, because... An internship at a Mexican company is the typical uh, make some coffee and get some photocopies. Right, and that's the it. classic old so, school uh, so cheap slave internship. Yeah, <laughs> more or less, more <laughs> or less. I dare to call it that. Um, of course, I won't generalize. Yeah. There are some Mexican companies that are very open to collaboration as well. But I'm not too positive that we will find a lot of opportunities for Dutch students over there. I'm looking more into the Dutch community and also in startups, especially startups ah, from, for example, Holland alumni. Right. Oh, so do, do, are there already examples of Holland alumni crea is creating startups? Yes. 
Yes, there uh, are, especially uh, in the in the renewable energy sector, there are quite a few consultancy agencies. There are quite a few implementing agencies. So, yeah. Okay. Who, who, these agencies are also run by or involve uh, uh, Holland alumni. Exactly. Oh, wow. They they study in the Netherlands. They learn a lot. They may, sometimes they work for a while over here to get more network and more knowledge about working with the Netherlands. Yeah. Then they return to Mexico and they decide to form their own solar. What are the renewable energy areas which are particularly uh, active in the in in Mexico? I, would it be sun? I mean, it just I mean, solar yeah, just seems yeah. to me as to be rather an obvious one. But <laughs> but I don't want to generalize, so maybe I'm wrong. Now, solar energy is important, but also Wind energy is quite popular because there's a lot of wind in Mexico as well. <laughs> ah, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I'm very stupid. <laughs> yeah, no. So th that's that's a great example, though. I think of of uh, um, Holland alumni who are setting up startups, and they may also be seeking Dutch students as interns. Of course. Yeah. Of course, and and a that's really interesting example. because then the circle. Yeah, it's complete again. Yeah, right. The alumni invites students. Exactly. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, Team NL? Of course. Team NL, that's the, the, the cooperation we have in in Mexico Yeah. between different Dutch organizations. Okay. That includes the embassy, of course, because they're the formal representation of the Netherlands in Mexico. Yeah. But we also uh, have the Holland House, which is the Chamber of Commerce. We have a Netherlands business support office, which is more helping Dutch companies that want to export to, to Mexico, for example. Okay. And then there is Nuffik Niso, the Netherlands education support office. And I am very, very proud, actually, that we're a full member of this informal cooperation. Uh, we're really seen as an, an important input for the embassy as well. Right. Um, in many, many aspects. When the embassy is preparing their yearly annual plan, they ask NISO, what will you be doing next year to involve it in our annual plan as well? So even though we're not physically located within the embassy, they see us as a full partner. As an important partner. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the good thing about it is, is that if a Dutch institution wants to do anything in Mexico with a company, with the government, with an institution, they don't have to go to several offices. No, they just can contact NISO and through our network, we can find them. Right. So, I've, all listeners out there, call Sander. That's it. If you want to contact him in Mexico, that's what you exactly. have to do. That's an interesting role, though, isn't it? You become a kind of the spider in the web for uh, the Dutch network in Mexico. That's the way I see it. We're like a portal to Mexico for Dutch uh, institutions, Dutch students. And the other way around, we're a portal to the Netherlands for Mexican organizations, Mexican Students. Right. Yeah, sounds 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 excellent to me. Um, on to a more personal note now, perhaps um, we round off our podcast, which is becoming now traditional, although we've only had a few. But um, we round them off with a special secret tip. Now you've been in Mexico for a very long time, so you can undoubtedly give the listener an excellent tip that you won't find in a normal guidebook or on a trip advisor or on any of the websites, something very special which you could recommend to the listener that if they find themselves in Mexico City, what should they do, see, or, or even eat? Do you have a... And, and if you have several tips, please share them. Well, I think if you talk about Mexicans, they're very proud and friendly people. 
So, if you want to know in any place in Mexico where really to go to get to know Mexico, yeah. arrive, go to a street stall where they sell food. Right. Don't be afraid. Just go there. Speak two or three words of Spanish like hola, que tal? So they know, hey, this person speaks a bit of Spanish. He's interested in me. He's interested in my country. Well, before you know, they'll be taking, uh, almost they'll be taking you home with them uh, to really show the, the, the secret places of any town. Really? I, I did a lot. of When I wa uh, just arrived in Mexico, my plan was to say seven months. So I traveled around quite a lot. Yep. And that was always the first thing I did. Ask local people, okay, what should I see? What do you think you should... Now, I got the answers. I will send to the most strange places, but really beautiful places, which you won't find in uh, any any tourist guide. Oh, that's a great tip. So basically, learn one sentence in Spanish, yeah. and you're open. Exactly. The whole world comes open to you. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. And don't talk about football. And don't <laughs> talk about football. I wouldn't dare coming from, well, <clears throat> England. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed, Sander, for your time here and joining us on uh, Our People Abroad. Well, thank you. I'm very, very pleased to talk about Mexico, as you've probably noticed. Absolutely, it's great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a proud Dutchican, Mexico, Mexi Dutchican. Dutch, or ah. Mexi Dutch. Oh, Mexi Dutch. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I haven't heard yeah. those. So, yeah. I, I don't have the nationality yet, but my spirits, well... I'm I'm really in between both countries and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks very much. We can definitely uh, uh, hear that in your in your enthusiasm. I think um, I've certainly enjoyed learning more about Mexico. So thanks very much for that. And um, you listeners have been listening to the sixth edition of the Nuffolk podcast series, Our People Abroad, um, and we're certainly looking forward to the next edition. And we we hope you are too. Do you want to know more about the work of Nuffix Nesso offices or do you want to get in touch with one of our people abroad? Don't hesitate to contact us. You can find contact information on our website www.nuffix.nl slash international offices. Did you like this podcast? Please subscribe to our series on your podcast app so you will get a notification when the next episode is published. On our online content platform www.nuffic.nl slash longreads, you can regularly find new blogs, longread articles, podcasts and videos about internationalization in education. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter on this platform.